And we are live with another episode of Lead Off Talk with myself, Caitlin, joined as always by Gabe. Gabe, how's it going there, buddy? It's going great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, the World Baseball Classic started and we've already had some pretty exciting games. So, unfortunately, we're not going to talk a lot about the World Baseball Classic in this episode because this episode is one of our personal favorites. And obviously, from looking at the um, views, this is one of your guys' uh, favorite episodes. The top seven at each position for the 2023 season. So, we're going to go catcher, first base, second, third, short, uh, left field, center field, right field, uh, DH. And then starting pitching and relief pitching will have 10 instead of 7, just because there's so many starting pitchers and so many relief pitchers. Um, Gabe, like last year, will have like a prospect guy to kind of keep an eye out at each position. Um, last year, I didn't do anything like that. So I'm going to pick a guy that I just like at each position, if that makes sense. Um Maybe somebody just on the cusp of, like, you know, of top seven or just a guy, like, overall, like, I'm a fan of. Um, so, yeah, that that's my thought process on um, on the top seven at each position. And then before we get into it, we'll kind of explain what we used uh, because we have two different lists. We don't – it might be the same, but we don't really know. Uh, we haven't shared each other, each other's list with each other, um, but we'll kind of explain, you know, what we used to kind of rank our positions or players at the top seven spots. So, Gabe, if you want to start off, um, how did you, how did you get to your top seven um, at each position? So I went off what they've done in the past and how basically I project them to do this year. So, like, if they've had really good seasons the past two years, obviously I think they're going to have another good year. If I think they start breaking out at the end of the season, I think they're going to have a good year again. If they're on a decline, uh, you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. If it's on the decline, I think that um, I will obviously not rate them as high. Um, and that's basically how I did it. And for when it comes to prospects, I uh, I kind of went off on a limb this year. When I Last year, I think I chose a lot of the prospects. This year, they're prospects, but they also a lot of them have seen major league action now, and they're like they're on the the crust of being in there, but they're not like a star or like anything that we know of yet. But like they're close. So like when you hear me say these prospects, you're like, oh, I know that guy. And yeah, like I think they're gonna have good years this year or coming up, and they're gonna have stop being really good players. So what I used, I I looked at guy stats from last year, and then. I kind of looked forward to a little bit, like to their projections, especially like their three-year averages. Um, I, I used Fangraph uh, for a lot of like the rankings, and then you know just kind of picked and choose, you know, some of the things I like, some of the things I did, you know, I didn't like. Um, and then this isn't sure. This is to start the year, but I was also kind of looking at where they rank, maybe at the end of the season too. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, I'm also no. I'm also kind of projecting, you know, at the end of the year, this guy could be the top, you know, shortstop or whatever. So it's kind of like a mix of a lot of a, a lot of different things, because overall we kind of know 
who the top seven at each position are. It's, you know, just kind of semantics ranking them. Um, but it's fun, and I like it. You like it. Everybody likes right. it. Right, so. and, and like I said, and there's always room for discussion. Like, someone's going to see our list and hate it. So, like, that's why we do this. Tell yeah. us what we wrote wrong. Tell us what we did right. I love it. Yeah, and we don't and, – and that's the other thing, too. It's like we're not doing, like, top 100 either because then it just becomes arbitrary. Like, how do we rank – What's the difference between the ninety third and like the eightieth top player? You know what I mean. Right. It, exactly. It's all it's all semantics at that point, um, which is why, you know, especially for pitching, to to make seven players is just a little ridiculous in my opinion. No, I agree. Okay, so catcher, uh, I'll let you start off. Who's your prospect that you really like? So, like I said, it's not really a prospect. It kind of is, but it's uh, Gabriel Marino. I don't know if I said his last name right. He's now with yes. Arizona, was with uh, Toronto. Um, I know he got caught up last year, kind of got his cup of coffee, you want to say. But, like, he was – you would say he was the biggest guy going over to Arizona in that deal, even though they got uh, other players. But, like, he's going to be really, really good. And it's uh, it, the Blue Jays were in a, in a spot where they had to get up a catcher and they just had to give up a young guy. But I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, uh, Moreno, the the fact that the Blue Jays had at 1.3 legitimate starting catchers and and some teams had zero, um, (laughs) to be able to trade out of that strength. And no, I really like the Diamondbacks. And I think we talked about that a little bit too. Um, Yeah, I I, I really like that pick, uh, Gabriel Moreno. Um, The guy I like, is he was injured last year. There's two guys, really. Okay. Um, But this guy was injured most of last year. It was kind of freak injuries. But if he could stay healthy, Tyler Stevenson from the Reds. I absolutely love him. And I love that pick. And I just, if he could stay healthy, he could just be a really good player. Now, unfortunately, he's in between, like, the Reds are obviously in a rebuild. And he might be a little too old for their rebuild. So maybe in the next couple of years, he ends up being a hot commodity when it comes to, you know, the, the trading market. And um, so, yeah, so Tyler Stevenson, I have is a guy I really like. I also like Kyber Ruiz a lot. Um, just like a full year uh, in the majors without any injuries too. But the guy I really like who I think could be an all-star, um, especially for a Reds team that isn't, that great uh, who could be their all-star representative is Tyler Stevenson so yeah I want to I'll tell you that he almost made my top seven I I almost tried to get him in there but I couldn't because of the other catchers but healthy Tyler Stevenson is the top seven catcher I think the problem is, is that he's not healthy enough lately in my opinion yes I, <laughs> I would agree okay so my number seven guy and this is again I use fan graphs for a lot of things so over okay. the top 10 players in war at catcher projected. Uh, this guy is by far the best defensive catcher of of the top 10. And of all of the guys, he's second behind Jacob Stalling. Okay. He is a switch hitter from the Texas Rangers, Jonah Heim. Love it. So he is number seven for me. Um, I think he can always improve with, with his bat and the more I mean, we've seen – I mean, the the Rangers are fucking loaded, and they went out and obviously got DeGrom, and, and I think that will also kind of increase, uh, you know, 
his value. Um, we'll see what Degrom is if he can stay healthy. But I really like that Texas Rangers team, and which is why I wanted to kind of give a shout out to uh, Jonah Heim as my number seven catcher uh, in baseball going into this year and then by the end of the year. So. Yes. You want me to give you my seven now? Yep. yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. My seventh is a guy who just hits the shit out of the ball. His defense could be a lot better. That's why I have him seventh. He probably could be higher. But I have Alejandro Kurt from um, Toronto Blue Jays. And he's just low just because of his defense. Um, and the fact that he DH'd a lot during the year, too. I, I He just hits the ball. His contact is so good. He's such a good player to watch. And I think being Cleveland fans, how much we love just contact, he just he does something to me. So, yeah, I have him seventh for me. So I have him fifth. So when okay. we get to five, we, we kind of skip over a little bit. So who okay. do you have at number six? Six, I have the new – the guy taking Yadier Molina's Same. spot in Same. Wilson Contreras. All right. Well, I think – I Wilson is probably just – you know what you're getting from him at this point. He's going to hit the ball. He plays great defense. Um, I, I, He just – he's lower for me just because I feel like he is who he is now, if that makes sense. Um, He's a really good player. He just – I have him set six. And obviously going to see uh, St. Louis and having to basically be in Yadier's shoes now, um, I think it's honestly, it's kind of, it's kind of a big thing that not a lot of people talk about, but I think he can do it. But yeah, I have Wilson six. Okay. So since I have him six and then I have Alejandro Kirk five, who do you have at number five? I have the new Atlanta brave, Sean Murphy. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I know. I know he's low. Uh, I, I love Sean Murphy. I wanted to be, I wanted him to be in Cleveland. I think we both did. Um, he does all the little things you need. Great catcher. Hits the ball well. Um, he just, the guys in front of him I have higher. And I don't, it's, it's tough to explain. I like Sean Murphy, but I I have him fifth. Okay, so at number four, I have, yes. at, at number five, I have Kirk. Number four, I have Will okay. Smith from the okay. LA Dodgers. I have um, him second. Our, okay, so we have, <laughs> we have Will Smith and Sean Murphy flipped on our list. Yes. I have okay. Sean Murphy right. at number two because I think the Braves are already – I mean, they're stacked. They have yes. a bunch of young players. He signed long-term. And I think the shadow of him playing in Oakland versus playing with the Braves, I think is it's going to – by the end of the year, people are going to be like, this is one of the best catchers in baseball. Oh, I 100% agree. So does that mean at number three, who do you have? Um, and number three, I have Adley Rushman. Yes, okay, so we have the same list. So we have, what, Adley Rushman at, at number three and then JT Revuto at number one? Yep, who do you have at four? Who? Uh, I have Will Smith. So who do you have at four? I have the guy I love more than anybody in Salvi Perez. Okay, yeah, Salvi Perez, yeah. after making my list last year and was pretty high the last two years, uh, I I bumped him out of the top seven. I, I put Salvi there. It's probably too much of my heart, but, like, he still hits bombs. He still plays great defense, and he plays almost every game. I, I, it's, like I said, it's probably just pulling my heart trains on how much I love Salvi Perez. But, yeah, I – and the thing is, I think last year I had him top top three, so I think I just dropped down to four this year, and he didn't make your list. So, But, honestly, it makes sense. Yes, and then Ali Rutschman, we're both extremely high. I mean, that, guy, that kid is going to be a stud. He's already yes. a stud. I mean, the fact that he played half the year 
and yeah. was second in MVP voting or rookie of the year voting. Um, he's amazing. And then Real Muto is number one until further notice. There's nobody who who does what he does with his bat, with the glove. I mean, he's a five-tool player as a catcher, which is yeah. so rare, so rare. Um, you never see it. No, you, you don't. And, again, until further notice, he is number one. Um, but I think you can make the argument, and I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year if Adley is him, as we all think he is going to be, yeah. and he could be yeah. pushing number one. Or Sean percent too. So. Yeah. First base, who's the young guy that you like? Um, Tristan Casanes. I probably seen his name wrong. Um, I guess he came up from last the, year too for Boston. From the Red Sox, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, basically, I mean, I think Boston's had a they've had a hole at first base now for a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think he can fill it. Power bat. Um, he does strike out a lot, but the power's there, and he's a fun kid just to watch swing the bat. He he got caught up last year, didn't perform. But also, I think he only played a couple of games, a handful of games. So I'm excited to watch him in Boston. The guy I really like at first base and call me a homer is Josh Bell this year. No shift, playing, um, playing first base slash DH for the Guardians, uh, hitting behind Jose Ramirez. You also have a bunch of young guys, um, uh, hitting behind him, and. Again, I'm just curious to see in a lot with a lot of these guys, but especially Josh Bell, who's been power wise very inconsistent, but you know, average wise, you know, WRC plus wise, um, on base percentage wise, he's been extremely consistent. Um, what if he can make that that giant that leap uh, to maybe pull the ball a little bit more without the shift, and we'll see the slugging percentage, you know, go up and. Maybe he could have a you know a resurgence like he did in 2019 where he hit over 30 home runs. Now I'm not gonna bank on that, but if he could hit 25 to 30 home runs, you know, have a WRC plus of you know 120, 125 ish, uh, driving close to 100 runs, uh, have a you know and <clears throat> uh, you know just just be a a consistent middle of the lineup bat uh, for the Guardians. I just, I'm just very high, and I'm very excited to see what Josh Bell is um, for this Cleveland team. So that's why I have Josh Bell and as the guy I really like. Oh no, we lost Gabe. So until we get him back, number seven for first baseman for me is Christian Walker. He is somebody who. Hits the ball really, really hard. He is... Okay, Gabe is back with us. Uh, Some technical (laughs) difficulties. Uh, So Christian Walker, as I was talking about. uh, He hits the ball really hard. He plays really good defense at first first base. Which, again, you know, first base defense is... It's a little, like, overrated. But when you have a really good defensive first baseman, it's, you know, a net positive, obviously. Um... But Christian Walker, just, I don't know, I just really liked him. I became a fan uh, the last year or so from him. Um, I just, and I like that Arizona Diamondbacks team. So, yes, Christian Walker at number seven for me. Okay, number seven for me is uh, a guy who I think broke out and 
and was an all-star in t- 2022, and that is Ty France from the Seattle Mariners. Okay. Um, he had 20 home runs, 83 RBIs, uh, solid 274 batting average. I know he plays all over the place, but um, they have him labeled as a first baseman going into this season. Um, he does all the little things you love as a team. He can also play all over, which is nice. And he plays really good defense at first. And um, I think he's – I think projected-wise, he's going to get better and better. So – and he hides in that lineup perfectly. So, yeah, I have him seventh. He was uh, one of those guys who I really like, too. I wanted to put his name, but I had to go a little homer with Josh Bell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At, uh, at first base. Uh, number six for me, I have Nathaniel Lowe, another guy who broke out big last year and was carrying my fantasy team the second <laughs> half of the year. Um, I'm just a huge fan. Again, it. I like the Rangers. I don't know if they're going to be like a playoff team, but a lot of the individual guys, you know, Nathaniel Lowe. Um, let's see. I want to. I wanted to bring up uh, his uh, last year uh, WRC plus of one forty three. That's insane. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. Just. I, again, I think the sky's the limit for him. I believe he was uh, in Tampa. Yeah, he was a Tampa Bay Ray in 2019, 2020. Never really got an opportunity. 2021, he played in a, uh, 157 games. You know, 18 home runs, uh, WRC plus of 114. So, I mean, you could see the growth, but the leap right. from, from 21 to 22 was just insane. And um, defensively, he's not that great, which is why he's a little bit lower on the list. Um, but just, I mean, his his offensive war last year was 27.2. That's insane. That is, that's <laughs> super, yeah. Again, yeah, this is insane. for fan graph. And I know, like, right. they have different, like, war and, and saber metrics compared to, like, baseball reference and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, Nathaniel Lowe at number six. Who do Who do you got at number six? I have, and I know I'm going to get shit for this, and I deserve it. So don't, if you're going to come at me, I get it. I have Pete Alonzo at six. Wow. Okay. I have him at four. Okay. Explain. At four. I know. And well, honestly, I didn't know. <laughs> it comes down to the fact where I just thought the other five guys are better. I love Pete. Um, I think it's his average is 271. It's a little low, but like, same time, he hit 40 bombs and 131 RBIs. Like, there's not much you can say bad about Pete Alonzo. And it sucks because I'm, I'm looking at it now and I'm questioning my own list, <laughs> but <laughs> I I have him six and I I feel awful about it. <laughs> I I hate myself for it. No, I mean and you said like, you have him fourth, right? Yes, I do have him fourth. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you you can talk about the analytics all you want, but if you just hit home runs at a premier position, it's gonna bump you up the list, and that's what Peter right. Ronzo does, and. He's looking for a contract extension. And I think it's one of those things where, like, we've seen him kind of regress um, a little bit, but, like, it seems like he's back on the track that he was as a rookie. And, um, right. yeah, I just, I think, I think you're, I think you're, um, what do you say? Like, over overthinking your list a little bit, in my opinion. I am. I probably, I probably am. And you're probably 100% right. Like I said, I don't like that I put him at six already. Okay. <laughs> We're two positions in. So number five, who do who you got? I have Vladimir Guerrero. Jr. Okay, I have I have him too. I have him too. Okay, you you explain him this time. I mean, it's Vladdy Junior, dog. 
Yeah, okay, that's there, literally is, what I was gonna say. <laughs> is there is there any you know, is there anybody else like he's twenty three years old or he'll be twenty four years old. Last year was a down year, okay? A down year. But his WRC plus was one thirty two in a down year. Yep. We'll see what you know a guy that maybe pulled the ball a little bit more. Again, no shift. Um you know, we'll see, like, if that has anything to, to, you know, any effect. But the fact, like, 2021, he had a WRC plus of 166. Look, players have up and down seasons. But the fact that, like, I, I'm not going, like, he had a below batting average ball in play compared to, to, to 2021. So, I think... Overall, if if it gets bumped to to where it, you know, kind of projects, like just in the middle. So in twenty twenty, yeah. So in twenty twenty one, his batting average ball in play was three thirteen. Last year was two eighty nine. Let's just say it, it just evens out at like three hundred. Well, that means he's gonna have an average of like two ninety five. Right. Like just that, just that little bit is gonna give, you know, boost him up a little bit more um compared to last year and i mean again just don't just don't outthink yourself it, it, vladdy's a fucking stud so it, it right. is i agree 100 okay number four who do you got i have a guy who i think gonna have a huge bounce back here i say bounce back because he still had a really good last year and that is jose abreu see and i don't even have him on my list i know and let me tell you why last year he hit 304 mm-hmm. okay He's hitting the shit out of the ball still. He his power went down. He only had 15 bombs, but also and he only had 75 RBIs. But also, if you watch Chicago White Sox games, they didn't put him in a position to succeed when mm-hmm. it came to the RBIs and getting like I'm not saying the home runs would have come back, but 304 average and and that lineup in the Astros, he can basically hide. Like you you forget. I think people are going to forget how good he was when he with his Astros lineup, and I think he's going to go off. And I think honestly, I think he's going to have a hundred RBI season. I don't know if the power's going to come back, but even if it doesn't, he doubles, puts the ball in play. He's going to get those easy RBI chances, and he's going to succeed in them, in my opinion. And he also plays a really good first base. So, yeah, I have Jose Abreu fourth. I think he he's he was right on the cusp of being in my top seven. Um, the power might come back. I mean, the Crawford boxes are very short in left field. That's true. And yeah. he starts pulling the ball. And in right field, that, that fence is very short in Houston. Yeah. So I think just, you know, park dimensions wise and like he won't have to play uh, in Kansas City, you know, 10 times a year either. Right. So I think, you know, you kind of add those little things. I think he will have a, a boost in power. Uh, it's probably not like, you know, what he was in his prime, but he's still an extremely solid, solid hitter and a great pickup for an already loaded uh, team <laughs> in, in Houston. Yeah. So yeah. I, I can understand why you why you have him where you have him, but man, that's number four though. That is that I is know something. I I told you that I was already pissed about Alonzo. First base was a crap scoop for me, except for the top three. The top three I feel like we have the same. Okay, three. Who do you got? Matt Olson. Okay, yes. Number two. Okay, Freddie Freeman. And then Paul Goldschmidt, number one. Yeah, I mean, okay. I feel like the top three at first base is easiest. Yeah. Goldschmidt won the MVP. He deserves to be the number one. It, 
Exactly. And Freddie's Freddie. I mean, there's nothing we can say about the dude that hasn't said. No, nope. and Matt Olson amazing. is a absolute stud. The fact that the Braves went from, yeah, we'll let Freddie Freeman walk to trading for Matt Olson and giving getting him at a basically a discount compared to Freddie Freeman. I mean, it's it's insane. Insane. Oh, it's insane it's insane because I remember at the beginning of the season everybody was like, Oh, the uh Olson's not gonna be who he was, you know what I mean? His numbers are way down. And the dude hit thirty four bombs though. His average was 240, but 34 bombs and 103 RBIs. Like, yeah, and, I'll take that any day. And he was leading the the NL in doubles for, for a while. So, right. you know, I, <clears throat> yeah, I, I really like, I like Matt Olson a lot. Um, but it's funny, you know, all the, <laughs> it is funny, like, when you look at these lists, you know, outside of our top threes, it's, it's been a little bit of a mix, which, which I like to see um, a lot. Yeah. So number two, who who's your prospect that you want to keep an eye out for? It is I'm gonna butcher this name just so okay. everybody knows. Here we go. Vidal Bourjan. I don't know if that's close from Tampa Bay. He got uh, called up uh, in 2001, 2000, 2021, Sorry, second baseman. You said v- second base, right? Yeah, uh, Vidal Bruno. Okay, him. Yeah, there you go, Vidal. There you go. See, I told you I was gonna butcher it. I he has not played good since he's been called up, and I will 100 percent say that. Um, I I believe he had he played on fifty two games last year. He had a one sixty three yard batting average. Um, I don't know why. I just the dude plays really good defense. He's really fast. He just needs to go back to what he's doing the minors, could put the ball in play, and I think he could be a really good player. And he's he sounds like a guy that plays for the race too, the way he plays. Mm-hmm. And I think he's gonna have a really big bounce back year, in my opinion. Not really big. I think he's gonna hit over two forty and just do what he's supposed to do. Not try to go out there and be the I don't know who he was trying to be too much last year, in my opinion. So the guy I really like at second, and I think he'll have a bounce back year, is Cattell Marte. I think the pre- I think sometimes the pressure of like getting that big contract and being the guy for a team, um, you know, like we seen it with Jose, but it was kind of like the opposite. It was like, all right, like I'm staying here for a long time. I could just breathe. No. But certain guys who maybe they're not on, you know, the the best teams when they sign their contract or sign their extensions, put a little bit more pressure on on themselves. And I think that's kind of what happened with Cattell. Um, he was banked up a little bit last year too. But I think with all the young guys that, that Arizona has, um, he can kind of just relax and play second base and um you know, just kind of return to form because he's a really, really good player. And um, I think people kind of, I think people kind of forgot about him a little bit. So, Cattell Marte no, is, my, is my guy to watch. for. Uh, he made, he made sixth on my list. Okay, so. I think he's have a really big bounce back here. In my so, opinion. I had him, so I had him seventh originally. And then I was like looking at the names and I was like, you know what? Number seven, in my opinion, should be a guy who has played well throughout the season, you know. Yeah, like I agree. was a little bit more consistent, and that is Jake Cronenworth. Okay, so I have he did not make my top seven, and I he was close to making mine. Yeah, he you know all star, um, probably the most underrated guy on the Padres. People tend yeah. to forget about him, and maybe he ends up kind of like Andres Jimenez, like hitting lower in the lineup because that lineup is just so stacked. Um, but yeah, I I just. You know, shout out to Jay Connerworth because people kind of forget about him. I I forgot about him until I was like looking. I was like, oh, <laughs> actually, 
So he is the uh, unsung hero of that team. So number seven, who you got? I have uh, Brendan Donovan, and I'm a sucker for defense. And uh, he is one of the best defensive players at second base. And he hit 281, five home runs. I know that's not high, but gets he he gets on base. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm a sucker for defense and guys who play the game the right way, and that's literally what he does day in and day out. And he made seventh on my list, and I think he's going to be really, really good. Continue to go up. Okay, so at number s- so like I said, at number seven. So number six, you had Catal Marte, and number yeah. six, I have Luis Arise, one of my favorite players in baseball. So glad he's not okay. on the Twins anymore. Um, <laughs> the Marlins move Jazz to center field for now. We'll see how that goes. And Luis Arise is going to play second. Um, just like an hour ago, they agreed to a deal with um, Yuri Gurriel to play first. But Luis Arise, not good defensively, but just a fantastic hitter and just one of my favorite. He, he's everything like Cleveland would want. Like he's an infield version of Stephen Kwan, except oh, maybe not as fast. Yeah. But he's just a pest. Um, he could hit for some power. But yeah, I just I absolutely love him. Luis yeah, he made fifth on my list. So go okay. ahead with your fifth because you already okay. said I need to say about. Uh, him. number five is Tommy Edmonds. Okay. Now I know there's like. What position does he really play? Does he play short? Does he play second? Um, but I just have him as second. Switch hitting, uh, middle infielder. Um, you know, the more I think about it, maybe he is a shortstop with Brendan Donovan. But um, Gold Glover, I just can't say enough things. And honestly, if I had Tommy Edmonds at shortstop, he probably doesn't crack my top seven list anyway. So <laughs> if I get if I could just move him to second and show him a little bit of love. Uh, I will I will do that. So Tommy oh, yeah. Adams at number five. Okay. I um I said at five I had Luis Rice, but at four I have Marcus Simeon from the Texas Rangers. Okay. Okay. I have him number two. Number two. Okay. I have I Simeon at four. Uh and honestly I he started to do really good the second half of the season. Um hits for power, twenty six home runs again, five point seven uh war, which I love. Um and I think another year in Texas, another year to get inside of that lineup, that uh, new ballpark and all that, It's he, he's going to skyrocket, in my opinion, too. And I love Marcus Simeon. I think he's the only one of the only guys I know that just continues to get better with age. Yes. <laughs> like the way he does. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to do great things. With Texas. I love Texas this year. So, I think he's going to do great this year. He was one of those guys who was awful as a uh, defensively as a shortstop. And then yes. last year made last year in Oakland made some strides. And then, you know, went to Toronto for a year and completely just, what he over forty home runs. I think the first second baseman or second, uh, the second time a second baseman hit over forty home runs in a year, um, just, and again a new, a new place, you know, with like a new, um, partner up the middle in in Corey Seager, who's you know top seven shorts up in the game, um. Yeah, I just I just love Marcus Simeon, which is why I'm a little a uh, bit higher, uh, maybe no, yeah. on him. But I mean, again, all these guys are kind of interchangeable. Uh, number right. four, I have Jeff McNeil. Again, okay. he's three for me. The flying squirrel. Uh, just again, just a fantastic hitter. Defensively, just solid, but man, just what a stud uh, as a as a hitter. So we have, so so we have like a little bit of a mix up. Uh, in in our top four, which I like. Uh, so you said you had him third, correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. So 
At three, I have Jose Altuve. Oh my god, you did it. You I did it. Fucking did. I have Jose at one, and the only reason I have a fucking homer and you did it, god damn it, <laughs> I love it. Only reason I didn't put my guy at one is because I thought I was going to be like a goddamn homer pick. Caitlin, I love you so much. Go ahead. Go. You know what? Talk about it all. Go ahead. Do you. I love it. Do you. Go. Again, Jose Altuve. We know how much it, how great he is. Um, but with the with the lack of a shift now, defensively, kind of drops down. Same with Jeff McNeil, which is why they didn't aren't one or two on my list. And honestly, I guess we could just take the next few minutes and talk about how great Andres Jimenez is. Because he is my number one second baseman. Um yeah. Offensively oh, he's offensively, it. I think he's we seen him make that jump last year, and I think he could continue to to grow. Um, he's going to steal a bunch of bases. I mean, he could hit 20 home runs or close to 20 home runs. He could steal 30 bases. Without the shift now, defense is so important, uh, especially up the middle. And second base was kind of the infield position where you could hide guys um, defensively. Not anymore. And we've seen Andres Jimenez, you know, he's an elite, elite defensive player, whether he's at second or at short. Um, and, yeah, I just, I'm such a fan. And of the guys, again, projected uh, to be uh, a defensive war, uh, Andres Jimenez is number two. Number one is Nick Allen <laughs> from Oakland. Is number two Oakland is Jamie Carroll. Yeah. Uh, but number two is Andres Jimenez, and number three is Tommy Edmonds. So he's in he's in pretty good company, I I would say. Yeah. And Marcus oh, Simeon yeah. is four. But yeah, nobody. What Andres gives offensively and defensively, man, they better lock him up before the start of the year because. Uh, uh, like, he's gonna get really expensive quickly. And Caitlin, yeah. the fact you brought up one, I appreciate you because I wanted to do it so fucking bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you said all you needed to say. I mean. He made a play today playing shortstop for Venezuela. That was amazing. So he's a uh, – I just can't say enough about him. I will hope he stays in Cleveland forever. I – God, I hope so too. At least <laughs> at least long term because he's only 23. But next thing you know, you know, we're in the last couple of years, just, years of his contract. Like, are we going to trade him again? Just hope – so right. hopefully they could find an extension for him and, uh, you know, we, right. we could have one of the middle infields because that's the thing too. By the middle of the season or next, the start of next season, he could be your shortstop. Who knows? Hard to stop. But yeah, you never as know of right now, with the value at second, the value that he brings at second base, and you know, and with the without the shift this year, it's kind of, it's going to be a learning experience, and I think um, for a lot of teams, but Cleveland doesn't really have to worry about that when you have such a great defender at uh, at shortstop. So I agree. So now, third base. Who do you have as your prospect? Um, Josh Jung from the Texas Rangers. I probably okay. pronounced his name, last name wrong again. I think no, I did I good think, that No, time. I think you got it. <laughs> I think you um, got it. I, just raw power. Uh, I think plays really plays pretty good defense too over there. Um, kind of got the cup of coffee last year. I think he was actually up for a little bit longer than we think. Um, but um, I. I Texas lineup, he's they're gonna hide him again. Like I keep saying about these guys, he's gonna be hitting these lineups and he's just gonna smash the ball in my opinion. And uh I love I think we've talked about Texas enough. I love that lineup, so I think he's gonna be really good for them. 
there's two guys that I wanted to pick, two really young guys. Um, one is a bona fide third baseman, and and another is I think is going to be the third baseman uh, going forward for their team. Um, so I'll start with that. Uh, Bobby Wood Jr. I think is going to be by the end of the year the third baseman of the Kansas City Royals. Just just because like defensively we saw him, he wasn't that great last year at shortstop, and they have a couple guys who are right on the cusp of uh, being called up. Um. And I think once he moves to third base, like full time, I mean, because other than that, like Nicky Lopez is a is their third baseman. Um, Hunter Dozier, I think, is still on their team. So like, yes, shortstop is a premier position, but I think by the end of the year, like I said, Bobby Wood Jr. is the the guy to keep an eye out for it at at third base for the Kansas City Royals. Um, but another guy I really really like, and offensively, like his this guy's glove is incredible. And he probably should have won the gold glove last year at third base in the National League. And it seems like his bat is is slowly developing, and that's Cabrian Hayes of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the third base is kind of stacked, and he might never make the top seven or even ten list. But uh, I just – I really like Cabrian Hayes. And um, on a team that I think could be kind of fun to watch with the Pirates, I – I just like him, and so just a guy to keep uh, keep an eye out for, in my opinion. No, I agree. I like I like Brian Hayes a lot. I actually love him. I think he's gonna be really good. Okay, so number seven, who do you got? I have a guy who is in a contract here, who did not hit good last year. He's never been really great hitter, and that is Matt Chapman. But okay. defensively, he's. I mean, you guys say he's a top three defensive third baseman, top mm-hmm. three, top five at least. Mm-hmm. But um. Contract here, I think he's going to go off. He also hit 27 bombs last year. I think people forget about that. He actually did pretty well with the power. Um, 220 on average, he can improve on that. But like I said, another year in Toronto, I think uh, contract here, I think he's going to go off. So I, I have him at seven. So number seven, I believe, is also in a contract here for, uh, for his team. A very polarizing guy just because of the team he plays on, and that's Alex Bregman. Um, I think okay. he really – like he he struggled, I think in twenty twenty one, if I remember correctly, and in twenty twenty, but last year kind of went back to being the Alex Bregman we all kind of watched, um, especially in like twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. If, if I'm getting my years correctly, I'm trying to remember. Um, but Bregman, I think, uh, just kind of pushed himself back into the the top seven list in in my opinion. Really solid defensively, um. And also has a lot to prove because I believe he is in a contract here. If I yeah, I believe you're. I believe you're right correctly. So I had him, I had him at six. So you can go ahead with your six guy. Okay, uh, number six is a friend to to you and me, former Cleveland Indian prospect. That's Yandy Diaz. Oh, okay. He did not I make. Think, I like that. I think defensively he's not that great. He's not going to hit for power, but he gets on base. He's a high average guy. Um, he's probably the most important bat for Tampa Bay. Um, uh, because when he was banged up, Tampa's offense just wasn't the same uh without him. Um, sure he could play kind of all over, but seems like he's pretty comfortable at, at third base. And man, wouldn't he look <laughs> nice back in a Cleveland uh uniform? He will, yeah, yes but, he would. Um, I just I think he could make an even bigger jump 
Uh, it's it's weird because the dude's so strong, but he just doesn't hit for power, which is kind no. of crazy, in my opinion. He hits lasers just on a line. Yep. And also, just to backtrack a little bit, I looked it up. Bregman is signed for two more years after this. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. okay. But still, he's making a lot of money the next two years. I just looked it up. So, he needs to start doing what better. <laughs> Well, I think, and I think last year he got, especially the second half of the year, he he really stepped up for for the Astros. Yes, yes. So, um, Yandy, so Yandy Diaz is my number six. So, uh, do, do you have who do you have at number six? I had Bregman. Okay, you have Bregman. So, yes. so we're moving on to number five. Yes, and okay. I, at five I have uh, Rafi Devers from the Boston Red Sox. Okay, yeah. So do so do I. So do I. Okay, I think Devers is who he is now. I. He just signed a big extension too, mm-hmm. so it's kind of weight off his back. He's gonna hit the ball. He plays pretty solid defense, um, but he hits the shit out of the ball. The, the reason he's fit to me is just because third base is so loaded. It's so loaded, and, <laughs> and the thing is, it like he's not like if you tell me he's a fit to the position, I'm like you're lying. And you look into it, like, wow, he might be because that yes. position is so fucking loaded. But yeah, I love Devers, and I hate him at fifth. It just that's the way it's gotta be. <laughs> Number four, who do you have? I have Austin Riley. Okay, so we have the same four and five. Okay, you can you can explain four. Uh, no, I just <laughs> he's just, the the growth he's shown, um, yes. from his first year up to now. I mean, he is a s- superstar third baseman, and I, honestly, the fact that the end is just so loaded with fantastic third baseman, people just kind of forget about Austin Riley. And because everybody sees Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado and and everything, but man, Austin Riley is solid defensively. But man, he is a a stud at the plate. And honestly, I think he is the uh, the Atlanta Braves' best player. Uh, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially with Acuna with the injuries lately. Yeah, I would have him mm-hmm. as my my top player. Number three, who do you got? I have Manny Machado. Okay, okay. This is this is where we differ. I have Nolan Arenado at three. Okay. So go ahead with Manny Machado. Actually, I mean, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So you you have Nolan above Manny, correct? Yes. I would assume. Okay, yeah. so I I will make the argument why Manny Machado is my number two guy. Okay. And then you make the argument of why Nolan is better than Manny Machado. Does that make sense? Yeah. Since we yeah, have a flip flop. Okay. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Manny Machado. I think <laughs> defensively, obviously, like Nolan is probably the best defensive guy. In, I mean, you can make the argument he's like the best defensive third baseman of all time. Yeah. <clears throat> but Manny Machado, I think, just everything he brings to to the San Diego Padres, you know, the the heart, like like he is the heart of that team. It's not Tatis. It's not Soto because I feel like Soto is just is on borrowed time. With the Padres, <laughs> like no matter what, you like you know what I mean. Like he was on borrowed mm-hmm. time with the Nationals. I feel like Soto is just on borrowed time until he signs an extension. Yep. But Manny Machado is the the heart and soul of that of that San Diego Padres team. He signs that giant extension, and you know MVP caliber last year. Did he win MVP last year? But I, why did I go blank? Goldschmidt did. Goldschmidt did. Ah, yes, yes, yes. But he was second, if I remember. Yes. So. MVP caliber, um, 
again, like I said, heart and soul of, of, of the Padres. And again, maybe this is all like just my heart thinking Manny Machado is better than Nolan Arenado. Um, also, the fact that in a in a pinch, he could move over to shortstop and there's no like there's no regression at all. Um, I don't know. I just. I don't know. Maybe. No, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, but may, like no. in my head, like and in my heart, I want to say Manny Machado is better than Nolan Arenado. Right, and I will tell you this: I went back and forth on this, and either one would not upset me. I went with Nolan just because of the defense and the fact that he hit two ninety three with thirty home runs, and the bats there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I literally the only that pushed me over the edge was because, like you said, he might be the greatest defense at their base of all time. Uh, but I love Manny Machado, so it was hard putting Manny at three and Nolan at two. But that's what I did. And uh, and literally the only thing that pushed him ahead was defense. And because Nolan's bat was there. Uh, and I think he's, Nolan's proven more and more that he can hit the ball outside of cores now. I mean, 34 home runs last year, two years ago, 30 this year, this past year. I mean, with a 293 average, I mean, with the defense you're playing, 30 bombs, 293 average. I mean, that's just it's bonkers to think about. Yeah, and maybe this is like, like in my head too. Machado is like a year and a half younger than Nolan Arenado, but again, me, I don't know, I don't know. But no, yeah, I, I, guess, I, I could, I could see all that, and and maybe because Nolan Arenado, like, he's also playing like he, and again, I could say the same thing with with Manny Machado and like Tatis and Manny Machado and and Juan Soto. But, like, the fact that Arenado, like, Arenado is also, like, directly across from the guy who won the MVP last year. Right. And a, a Cardinals team that, like, has kind of underperformed a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. And maybe, again, maybe that's totally unfair. Now I'm second <laughs> guessing. I'm, like, second guessing everything now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, And then number one, I have Jose Rivera's. I'm going to assume. Same. Okay. Yep. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close. He's the best. <laughs> He's, he, he, he took number one from me because when you think of a heart and soul of a team, there's no one who's a bigger heart and soul of a team than Jose Ramirez, in my opinion. He does yes. literally everything. He hit 126 RBIs last season. I think people forget that he was leading Ch- uh, Chubb, I was going to say, <laughs> Judge, <laughs> for a long time. And it just sucks that because in the American League, you have Otani and you have um, Judge. Mike Trout, just and over, Judge and Mike Trout yeah, who just overpowered Ramirez. But if you take Ramirez out of Cleveland, Cleveland's not doing anything. Nope. And I love all the players in Cleveland, but like, there's no one who does more for a team than Jose Ramirez does, in my opinion. Yes. So that's one, why he took number one for me. One, one million percent. And that is, he is the most important player on any playoff team. I mean, you can make the argument on any team, but especially any playoff team. If you take, like you said, if you take Jose Ramirez and you take him off of Cleveland, I don't know how if if Andres Jimenez makes that jump. I don't know if Ahmed Rosario makes that jump into being like a below average defender to a solid shortstop, a defensive right. shortstop. Like, I agree. He is the heart and soul, like you said, of the Guardians. He is he's everything to them. He could hit for contact. He could hit for power. And I think he could, even, average-wise, he could be even better 
without the shift because he he hit into the shift like the fourth most times of any player. It was right. like it was like him or okay, it was like Max Kepler was number one, uh Carlos Santana was number two, you know, Jose Ramirez was like three or four, like like he is a dead pool hitter and the fact that the right side of the field is now open to him. And not just like and the way he hustles too with these shifts now or the lack of a shift, like he's gonna take that extra base. The bigger bases, he could he could easily be a 30-30 guy. I mean, he was almost that last year with he had 29 right. home runs. So right. um I agree. I love yeah, that. And, we all and he was he was a 30-30 guy in 2018. With, right. With 39 home runs and 34 stolen bases. Last year, 29 home runs, tw- uh, 20 stolen bases. 2021, 36 home runs, 27 RB, or 27 stolen bases. He's going to be uber aggressive on the bases. He actually has some protection um, <laughs> in the lineup. And again, he was second in RBIs. And again, right. like RBIs are like a weird stat because it's just based on opportunity but a guy who had no protection and the fact that even when they weren't like teams were still pitching to him it like he didn't have his first intentional walk until like the first of june right which is insane and he played half the season with a broken thumb yeah yep so all that being said we love jose ramirez jose ramirez is one of our favorite players and he is the best third baseman in baseball. And he switch hits, yes. which adds. Yep. And he's an underrated defender, too. Yeah, he's a great defensive player. No one talks about it, but yes. Okay, that's that's enough. About <laughs> it. So Cleveland has has two top at, at our positions um, at second and third base. Shortstop, yes. you're a young guy to look for. Oh, I mean, I think this is the easiest one. It's Gunnar Henderson. I think he's could be okay. in the top. 10 next season if he continues the trek. I mean, he should be starting towards that for the Baltimore start the season. The kid can do it all. He's a stud. There's not much to say. Stud. Give him give start him day one in Baltimore. Do it. Don't be don't be puss cakes. All right. The the young guy that I'm really intrigued about, and I know this is a cop out because he was so good in the playoffs, but that's Jeremy Pena. Yeah. Cause in the middle of the season, and even towards the end of the season, I was just like, man, this guy's he is struggling, and then that playoffs hit, and he became Carlos Correa two point and it was insane. Now, can he can he build on that? I think that's the, and honestly, I would maybe be closer to like putting him on the list, um, if if he had like a solid year like throughout the entire se- throughout the entire season, not just like an amazing playoffs. So that's why I have him as the the guy I'm I'm. I just want to see consistency from him. So that's why I have him right. as the guy I want to look at. So, number seven, who do you got? I have uh, Dansby Swanson, the new shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. Okay, I have him fifth. Fifth? Okay. I have him seventh, and a lot of it comes down to, like, I don't think he does anything great. He just does a lot of things good, and that's why he's seventh for me. And I don't, I don't know if that's a cop-out on my part. I like John Dansby. But also, like him leaving Atlanta, where he they could have hit him a lot, and now he's going to go to Chicago, where they expect him to be a big part of the offense. Um, scares me a little bit because I don't know if he's that type of player, and I hope he can be. But also, first year they were a big contract. I think the expectation is going to be really high, and um, I think the first year I think it's going to be tough for him to live up to him. But I I like Don Dansby, and I think he could be. But yeah, that's my seventh pick. So number seven for me, 
and he is slowly approaching free agency is Willie Adamas. And I oh, think Oh, see he was close to making mine. Yeah, and you know, it was like between him and Wander Franco and Boba Shit, but like the jump Willie Adamas has made from like not being able to see the ball in Tampa to being an all star caliber shortstop for the Milwaukee Brewers, I think I think is pretty significant and I think he deserves like, you know, his his due. Um defensively, he's really good. Offensively, he seems to just improve every single year. And um, you know, the Brewers gotta make a decision. And whether they could afford to keep him is I mean, we talk about this with our with our Brewers friend all the time, like are they gonna trade him eventually? Like it's him, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns are all like it's it's decision time for a lot of those guys. And when you have right. a giant contract like Christian Yelich who hasn't hasn't really performed since, you know, getting hurt, um, you know, it's just a lot of question marks. But Willie Adams is number seven on my list. Okay, who do you have at six? Uh Carlos Correa. Tall. I lo- he's third for me, and I love you put him that low. Yeah, I mean it it's just it's just stacked, man. That's the thing. I it know. is just stacked. Yep. And he might, I mean, he's so good offensively and defensively, you know, he, he's one of the best, obviously too, but, you know, at shortstop, I was kind of like weighing the pros of, of each team. And I, I don't know that, and maybe a little bit, like, it kind of scares me that not just he's a twin, but the the whole like injury thing like why is it that so why why is it that two teams were like no we're not going to give you this contract right like is it at any moment like at the end of the year could he be could he be banged up like i know he has back issues like i i don't know i don't know so no i agree i agree and maybe him maybe him playing in minnesota now like he's a little bit more under the radar like he's not like this polarizing guy like he was in, in Houston and he's not this polarizing guy like he would have been playing third base for the Mets or or shortstop for the Giants. So maybe maybe that's a little bit unfair of me to have him solo, but I don't know. I'm also kind of a hater too, so maybe that's why. I love it. No, I love it. All right, so number six, who do you got? I have a Bo Bichette. And, okay, um... yeah, I don't even have Bo on my list. And I felt bad. I felt really bad. <laughs> I, the thing is, I almost kept him off mine, but he had such a strong second half. And then if you look at his numbers when he made the All-Star game uh, two years ago, they almost match up. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, 2021 was better, but 22 was still a really good year for him. And I think he's going to continue to get better. And that strong second half kind of, like, put him into my top seven because I think he's going to go into this year with that, I hope. So that's why I have a six. And I love the Toronto's lineup, and I – I, I like Bo a lot. I think his swing's nasty, and I think it's going to play forever. And, yeah, I like Bo. So, at number five, like I said, I have Swanson. And I just have him a little bit higher just because um, just because defensively. Like, again, this is projections. But defensively, right. he is number two behind Francisco Lindor. Oh, okay. So, and shortstop is a premium position. Right. And, yeah, so I have him. At number five. Okay. For me at five, I have Corey Seager. I have him at number four. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Seager, I mean, he's, he's, I think we've talked about Corey Seager forever, and he's still only 28, that which blows my mind. 
Um, I mean, last year his average was down first year in Texas, but he still hit 33 bombs. Um, his defense, his I don't know, where would you put him like average with a little above? Yeah, I would say, I would just say he is average, average, but defense. Yeah, but like I said, 33 bombs in Texas in his first year made the All-Star game. I think he's going to continue to get better and better, and he's going to build that record, uh, build up that rapport, repair, rapport. Rapport, I forgot, I yeah. Know, there we go. With uh, Simi at second and uh, and that whole team. And, yeah, I, lo- I of course, he was just a guy that you always know what you're going to get from, I think. So, yeah, I have him fifth. Okay, number four, who do you have? I have Xander Bogarts. Okay, I have him third. Okay. Yeah, Xander four. You can you you go you explain Xander. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the most one of the more underrated players in baseball. Um, I think he is of all the guys that got like the eleven year contracts. I feel probably the best about him, like towards the end of his career, because he's not the speed demon like Trey Turner is, where he could lose speed and maybe he's not as effective. Um, Xander right. is just an elite, elite hitter, and defensively, like he has his his ups and downs. And again, everything I've 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 said about defense, and then I have one of the, you know, bo- like average or below average guys at three and four is kind of funny, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially like over Korea. So I guess I am just a hater, but That's I just I just we love it. I just really like Xander Bogarts. Um, you know, he's finally getting his respect, you know, contractually. And I think him being I'm not saying he was like disrespected in Boston, but he's kind of an afterthought, like, especially in that, even in that like division, you know, with like people just, I think people just forgot how good Xander Bogarts is. So I, that's why I had him three. And if the Padres are, are who would, are what we think they're, they're going to be, he's going to be, you know, a main reason why that they take that that stuff to being a, a World Series contender or a World Series. I agree. Contender, so, yeah. So, I'm guessing our two and one are the same. Who do you have at two? I have Francisco Lindor at number two. Okay. Me too. And I have Trey Turner at one. Okay. Okay. Whew. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was going to be a thing. And you know what? Originally, I had Bogarts at two, but I'm like, I, my whole thought was like how important defense is. How do I have like Lindor not two if I value defense? Right, you know what I mean, and the power is still there with him. Like defensively, well, yes. he's he's amazing. But like the power is there, and like I, I, I mean, there's just I've talked about Francisco Lindor so much in this podcast. I love the dude. I'm always gonna like him. He's a great player, great defense. He's everything you want in a shortstop, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I love Lindor. I'm never gonna stop. Probably, and I think what, what you get from Trey Turner, and, and to put him at number one, is you get the power. You get, you get the contact. You get solid, you know, above average defense. Like, he's not Lindor elite, but he's still really, really good. Right. But the base running and the stolen bases, it's it's just next level. And I, dude, he could steal forty bases this year with the Phillies, and that would oh, not 100%. surprise me. At no, all. nope. And his defense is really, really good too. Like, yeah, I love I, Trey Turner. Is, yeah, he deserves okay. that contract. All right, so left field. Now we're going to our outfield. And outfield is kind of weird because it's always kind of – it's always a fluid kind of situation. Um, right. So so for left field, who's your young guy that you really like? I ha- So he's 
getting more acclimated in the outfield in the minors. Mm-hmm. But he's a third baseman by heart, but he's never going to play a third baseman with his team because who they have there. And that's Jordan Walker of St. Louis. Of the St. Louis the dude's a stu- Yeah, St. Louis Cardinals. He's a stud. And the thing is, he's never going to touch third base or even first base because who they have there. So he's got to learn how to play the outfield, which he's been doing. And the dude's a stud. It's just the point of when they call him up. Um, but he's going to – I'm so excited to watch him play. And St. Louis just continues to just get these guys. And it's unfair. So for left field, the guy I'm kind of keeping an eye out for, uh, underrated on a very uh, young and promising team. And again, outfield is so weird because, you know, you could have this guy playing left field and then the next thing you know, he's moved to right field or whatever. But that's Austin Hayes of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I think last year he's shown that he's like, he kind of like proved himself last year. And I wouldn't be... Uh, surprise if he kind of stay uh takes that next step, um, for for the Orioles and and playing a left field that you know it, maybe it's a little bit of the opposite of like Trey Mancini with you know, like the the wall being pushed back and a little bit of like Ryan Mountcastle where it kind of hurt them. I think with Hayes because he's he could run a little bit more, um, it won't be like as big of a detriment to 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 his play, um. But yeah, uh, Austin Hayes is the guy I want to look out for in left field, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I, I yeah, I love yeah, I love that pick. All right, so number seven, and again, this is what we think. Again, this is this one's a little bit weird for me, but I'm gonna put Tatis Jr. at seven. Oh, and left. I I guess because he's not gonna play. He's not gonna play center field, right? They got Trent Grisham. Right field, I mean, is I still have I'm as right now I have Soto in right. So I'm gonna assume that Tatis is gonna play left field. Okay, see I have Tatis playing right and Soto playing left. Okay. I'm mine. All right. Um and I have and yeah, so I have Tatis in my right field one and he's seventh on my right field. So that I give him left. Uh, seventh and left is just hilarious to me. All right, so we well, kind of have the I same mean, kind of list. It's weird because again, Tatis isn't going to even play until like the middle of the season. So, like, where is he even going to play? And if Soto right. is like pretty comfortable in right field, I, I mean, did they like? Did I miss something? Did they say he's just going to be their left fielder? I I haven't heard anything, but every time they have Tatis playing, they have him playing right in spring training. I feel like I see. So I guess that's why I went off of, but you could be right, and I could be wrong, and if so, that's whatever. But I, I mean, I like to pick him and playing, put him at seven. Okay, I guess. Okay, I'm looking at it right now, and so the athletic has him in right field. Wikipedia has left field. I mean, this is this is why outfield is so like. Where do you have Aaron Judge? Do you have him in right or do you have him in center? I have him in right. Okay, I have him in center. Now that because so, now they got Bader. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. I see. <laughs> see, okay, this is okay. This is where we think it's gonna be. So I he has Soto in left field. I have him in right field, and I'm just gonna put Tatis in left field just for right now at number seven. So okay, we'll move on. That's why I have I have Tyler O'Neill seven for me. Okay, okay. I think he had a down year, but I think he's gonna bounce back and defensively he's really good. Hits the shot of the ball. I have him at seventh. 
So here's the thing. I forgot St. Louis corners all around with, here, all over. With Tyler O'Neill, I figured he was going to move to center field with no Harrison Bader yeah. anymore. No, no, you're right. And that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, and this yeah. is where, you know, things are a little bit uh, crazy. Uh, number six, I have Andrew Benatendi. I think he okay. could, yeah, like, I don't know if Chicago's going to be good, but I like him a lot. And he's just a solid, solid baseball player. You know, average uh, fielder, but elite with the bat, at least the last couple years in Kansas. Sorry, <clears throat> in Kansas City. So, and he didn't even play in New York, if I remember correctly, after that he was traded. So I think a fresh start um, kind of wiped the, the New York stink off of him to go to Chicago. So I have him at six. Okay, see, I have six as the guy who played right field last year, who I've been hearing is playing left. So, like I said, this is going to be fluid the whole time. Okay. He's probably in your right field list, and that's Taylor Ward from the Angels. So, I almost put him in my right field list, but <laughs> if he's going to play left field, like, he's probably on my left field list. Okay. Yeah, I because I, I, I feel like Hunter Renfro is playing right for them. Yeah, um, yeah, you're probably right. I didn't even think of that, but yeah. Because I have, spoiler, I have Hunter Renfro as, as a top seven guy in right field <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i have i have him six he had a really i mean he had a breakout season last year in my opinion um i think he's gonna keep going for it and that lineup's getting healthier um so yeah i have him at six all right so instead of playing this like foot booty flop game <laughs> especially for the outfield just name name the rest of your list in, of left field and then we'll talk okay. about it and then i'll name mine and then we'll talk about it Okay, at five, I have Randy Rosarena. Okay, I have him at number um, three. Three, okay. At four, I have Kyle Schwarber. Okay. Uh, at three, I have Stephen Kwan. Okay. At two, I have Yonder Jordan Alvarez. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to play a lot of left, not DH this year, because um, his DH partner is in my DH. And at number one, I have Juan Soto, because that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> okay. So, that's so, what I have. So, number five, I have Schwarber. Obviously... Okay. We know how great he is just as a power hitter, and that's why I have him at number five. Number four, Gold Glover, Ian Happ. I think people oh, kind of okay. forgot about him. Um, yep. Switch hitter, and I think if he doesn't sign, get an extension with the Cubs, I think a lot of teams are going to be calling for him. Um, yep. Just his versatility to play all. He can play second, third, but he seemed to really be find a home in, in left field for the Cubs. Number three, Randy Rosarena. Power, speed, defensively kind of mad, but again, left field, you could hide guys. Um, number two, your boy, Stephen Kwan. Okay. I think love we, it. yeah, we all love Stephen Kwan and then Jordan at, at number one in left field. Okay. So let's just pretend you had Juan Soto in there. Would Soto be one in one or two for you if he yeah, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, I would probably have, okay. I would have Soto number one. Okay. So we, we basically would have the same top three. Because if, so, if I didn't have Soto in mind, Kwan would have been two. So, so so what I would have probably done is I would have probably bounced Andrew Benatendi from my list. Okay. And then move Soto to one, Jordan to Quan three, Randy four, Ian have five, Schwarber six. Okay. I like that. And then kept um like Tati seven, I guess, in my opinion. Okay. I like that. Um so center field. Who is the your young guy that you that you really like? Um, he might not even play center this year. He might play left, but Corbin Carroll for Arizona. I mean, 
the dude's the fastest dude in baseball. Mm-hmm. He hits the ball really well, plays great defense. I love Arizona's team. We've talked about this enough. But, yeah, Corbin Carroll is going to be a monster, in my opinion. So what's funny is originally I had him number seven on my left field list just because I was okay. really excited for him to, to actually play. Um, My guy I really like, and I know this is like kind of um, – I don't know. I know what you would say. Like he he was just on the cusp, and maybe it's like a little bit of a cop out choosing him because like some like I was I picked Austin Hayes and stuff like that. Um, but this guy was top five in RBIs last year, and that's Adolis Garcia. Again, another Texas okay. Ranger. I like him defensively. He's he's solid uh, in center field. Um, like I said, just drives in so many runs last year. The power is a little bit inconsistent, but if he could, again, kind of stay healthy and just just kind of develop into the power hitter that I think we all think he can be, um, that he could he could easily be on this list. Like, and it wouldn't kind of like it wouldn't surprise me at all. So right, no, I agree, I agree. So again, we'll just do like seven to seven to one, and then um, then we'll kind of talk about it. So okay, do your first. So I was seven, I have George Springer. Again, I know he DHs a lot, but as of right now, I still have him in center field. Buxton, okay. six. Brandon Nimbo, five. Michael Harris, Jr., four. Julio Rodriguez, three. Aaron Judge, two. Mike Trout, one. Okay. I have uh, Cedric Mullins at seven. Brandon Nimbo at six. Brian Reynolds at five. Brian Buxton at four. Michael Harris at three. Julio Rodriguez at two. And Mike Trout at one. So... The Brian Reynolds was close. Um, there's another guy you mentioned. Oh, Cedric Mullins was. I almost had him at number seven. It was like him, George Springer. But I mean, I guess if you consider Springer a DH, and we'll talk about like DHs a little bit, um, then I would probably have Cedric Mullins or or Brian Reynolds at, in center field. Okay, or as like at that. number seven for me. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that list. Our lists are pretty self-explanatory, especially like. You you don't even have Judge in center field, and I do. So I feel like the only right. discussion would be, like, Mike Trout versus Aaron Judge. But I would still give, like, the – like, Mike Trout hit 40 home runs last year, and he only played, like, 120 games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no one's – no one's – until Mike Trout's done playing, I think no one's passing Mike Trout on my list. And I will say the one guy on my list who I, I – I love everybody on center. The one guy that I love the most, and it probably because of the way he plays, is Michael Harris the third. Mm-hmm. That man, his defense is some of the prettiest shit I've ever seen in my life, and the way he just smacks the ball around. He's the the Braves get these young guys, and it pisses me off when they sign these ridiculous contracts. And Michael Harris could be a case out of this year. Like it's Austin Riley's the best on the team, and Harris is second. There could be a case. That's I think so. I think I think you're one million percent correct. Um, yeah, he Michael Harris is a is a stud, and I love Buxton, but damn, that dude cannot stay healthy at all. That's the I know I I I put him four just because when he plays, he's so good. But him not being healthy, just I want to move him lower. I did, so I'm happy you kind you did, but yeah, especially like I love him, like I and it's yeah. funny, like I loved him and I had him lower, and like you love Andres Jimenez and every Guardian player. So and I when I had him at number one, it kind of kind of backed up your thought like it backed know. up your head and your heart but you didn't want to do it i did the same thing with buxton i'm like man i would love to put him top five but 
Like, I just can't. I can't right now. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, like, Nimmo is just super solid. I mean, one of the best pure hitters in baseball. Um, He kind of just reminds me of Michael Brantley a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. defensively, he's not, like, great either, but, like. He does enough. He Yeah, he does enough, especially for center field. And, you know, like, he kind of reminds me of, like, early Charlie Blackman. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. So, and again, on my list, it's Mike Trout versus Aaron Judge. And again, like you said, it's hard to put not put Mike Trout at number one. Like, if he's not one of one, like, I guess you can make the argument Aaron Judge, just based on the year he had last year. But, man, I don't know. Right. Well, I agree. I agree. All right. Now... Onto right field. So, for right field, uh, do you have Bryce Harper on your list, or do you have him at DH? I have him, I have him on my right field list. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, who do you have as your young player to watch in right field? Um, I've been saying his name for a long time in Cleveland, and that's George Valera. Um, I think when he gets called up, I have to talk about him enough. I'm not going to talk about him again. Just I think when they call him up, he's going to mash the ball. And I think right field is his position. So that's my homework pick, and it's George Valera. For right field, I have Dalton Varsho. Oh, love it. was traded in your Gabriel um, Moreno trade. Um, mm-hmm. th- doesn't seem like he's going to be playing catcher anytime soon for the Blue Jays. It seems like he's you know, going to be playing right field because Toronto traded Teoscar Hernandez to Seattle for Eric Swanson. So... You know, obviously opened up a spot from the outfield, and I think Darton Varsho is the guy to, to keep an eye out for because I really like him, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he is on the, like, is one of those guys like, oh, yeah, yeah, he could be an all-star this year. Um, right. Kind of take the, take that next step um, in his career. So, yeah, Darton Varsho, in my opinion. It's funny because we have different guys playing right field for Toronto and center. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. So yeah. Wait. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess we can talk about that later. About that later. Okay. So number uh, number seven, who do you have? I have Fernando Tatis. Okay. At six, I have George Springer. All right. Uh, at five, I have Kyle Tucker. Okay. At four, I have Ronald Acuna. At three, I have Bryce Harper. At two, I have Mookie Betts. And at one, I have Aaron Judge. All right. At number seven, I have Starling Marte. Okay. At number six, I have Hunter Renfro. At five, I have Acuna. At four, I have Bryce Harper. Um... And honestly, like originally he was on my my DH list too. So it's kind of one of those things like it depends on like, because he did have Tommy John surgery, and it's like, how how healthy is he? But, like, towards the end right. of the year, he should be good to go but back playing um, uh, right field. Uh, number three, Kyle Tucker. Number two, Mookie Betts. Number one, Juan Soto. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. I like it. I have Springer at six, and I have him playing right field because I think, in my opinion, I think Dalton is going to play center or left. Okay. I think left, and I think Kevin Kiermaier is going to play center. So what's funny about that too is that 
originally I had Varsho as the guy to keep an eye out for in left field and Austin Hayes in right field. Well, then I was like, <laughs> you know what? No, like they have Kiermaier and, but I think Springer's going to still play some right field. And I think Varsho is a better defender to just like, why, why would you hide him? I know, like, I know like hiding, but like, why would you hide him in left field when right. he played right no, field last year? You know, why, why overcomplicate things? And I was like, yeah, I'll put him in as the guy in right field and Hayes in left field. Yeah, so I like it. Um, I also I like, think originally, anything. and originally because I had Bryce Harper as a DH, I had Nick Castellanos as my number seven. Oh, okay. So, but that, but again, with the outfield, it's kind of like up in the air. You know what I mean? Like we've we, no, like, yeah, we've I been agree. talking about like you have Judge, I don't. I have Juan Soto. You have him in left field. So, you know, but overall, I think. Like Moogie Betts, whether it's Soto, whether it's Kyle Tucker, whether it's Bryce Harper, whether it's Andrade, like you can't go wrong. Like it's, <clears throat> it, they could all be like one A or one B. It 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 really does not matter. No, I agree. Down to I it because those guys are just so good, like insanely good. But right. Um, but I did have Hunter Renfro on my list. That 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 did stay. I feel like he is, and I keep saying this, like another just super underrated guy. And the fact that he's on the Angels now, and that would make so he was on the Angels, Brewers, Red Sox, Tampa Bay, the Padres. Like this is his fifth team, and he really hasn't even hit free agency left. But all this guy does is produce for every team he's on. But it seems like nobody wants him long term, and and doesn't sound like like this this cancer in in the clubhouse or anything. No, I just I just don't understand. Yeah, Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, why can't this guy just? Just stay, stay with the team. Because <laughs> I think everybody wants them. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Starling Marte, you know, him at seven. I mean, he had, he was on pace for, you know, he was having a great year. And then I believe like the last six to eight weeks of the season, um, he was really banged up. Um, yes. But again, stolen bases, solid defense. Yeah, he's up there in age, but you, again, he's consistent. And, um, yeah, so that's why I had Marte. Acuna, I feel like we're, I, I, I'm i a little – I, I, I want to see what Acuna is for this year. And then – No, I agree. And then I kind of – I'll make, a, like, a, a more sure decision on what I think about him uh, going forward. But – because, again, when you have Austin Riley and, and Michael Harris, like, he is no longer, like, the star guy. For the Braves, right. So I don't know, and maybe that's a hot no. Take, I agree. Yeah, but no, I, I I agree, and you don't know what you're gonna get from him because he's been hurt. So yeah, and I think Kyle Tucker is just extremely underrated too. I feel like of all the Houston Astros guys, like he is, like he could be the like I think he is the best player on that team. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah, he probably is. I mean, it's it's him or Jordan, but the fact that Kyle Tucker plays a Gold Glove level uh, of outfield, I think, I think that kind yeah, of gives him the nod, over in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I agree on that actually. Um, so DH again, like number one is Otani because yeah, that's who I got. 
Um, I also had Bryce Harvey at number two, but again, if you consider him a DH, um, just, just what are some random guys that 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 you're kind of high on uh, at DHs here? A DH, it's I didn't put a guy in there because it just I feel like any every team is just gonna put a random guy in there now, like when they want a day off or something. Like like I only have six DHs on my list. Yeah, and I that's just because really like there's not really any true G- DHs anymore. I mean, except for like Otani. Like wh- I'll just tell you my tops, my six. Okay. I have Nelson Cruz at six, just because he's Nelson Cruz. You never mm-hmm. you piece uh, at five. I have Josh Bell slash Josh Naylor. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm a homer. At mm-hmm. four, I have uh, Elroy Jimenez for Chicago. Yep. At three, I have uh, Nick Cassianos. And then at two, I have Michael Brantley. Um, and then at one, I have Shohei Otani. And yes. those, and yeah, it's very fine. similar. Like I have Michael Brantley. Um, I have JD Martinez on my list. He's with okay. the Dodgers now, so I was like, oh, he's he's in a good lineup, so he should continue to produce. Um, again, just because it's a weird position. Like Eloy, but he, again, he's always hurt. So, right. Like, I don't know about him. Uh, two guys I'm really interested to kind of see uh, Charlie Blackman um, as kind of like a more full time DH and um, Andrew McCutcheon going back to uh, the Pirates should be should be fun. Yeah. So that's why, in my opinion, like DH is kind of a question mark because we, we know who like Otani is the guy and then everything else is just kind of, you know. No, yeah, I agree. Like, it's, DH is the biggest crapshoot, in my opinion, of like yeah. where you put guys because every I feel like there's only like three or four guys who you know are going to DH. Yeah. Every other like Cleveland's got a, a rotating door. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. like a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so pitching. So for starting pitching, again, I put ten players as for starting and relief pitching. Um, you could kind of like mix and match. It really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so, and number 10, I, I don't know how, like, so how do you want to do this? You want to just say your top 10 or do you want to like go back and yeah, go, yeah, you know, get, say, say your top 10, then I'll do my top 10. Okay. And I'll, I'll chime in and tell you if I have those guys in my top 10. So this is my hot take. And this is why I like put a little note by my starting pitching. Okay. Um, this is if like what I think guys are going to be. So, as long as they stay healthy, and and health has a lot to do with this list, in my opinion. Okay. All right. For me. So, I don't have Jacob deGrom on my list. Oh, even though Even though he is immensely talented, but the durability, I just, I, I don't know. He's always hurt. He's a 35. Like, I, I, like, I just don't know. I just don't know. Okay. And I think I, and I, when I did this the other day, this was before, I think I have Carlos Rodon at number seven, and I think he just got banged up. He is. He's out for the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, so I will take him off my list. <laughs> so at number 10, so I'll just move up, guys, and I'll add somebody at number 10. Uh, okay. I will have uh, Valdez from the Astros. Okay. I think and again, quality start is a weird kind of stat because it's six innings, it's less than it's three runs or less. And and basically that's like the stipulation. But he had like the most consecutive quality starts 
of any pitcher, like almost ever. Right. And I think because of that, I want to, because he gives the Astros an opportunity to win every single time he takes the mound, I think he deserves to be on uh, top 10 um, on my list. He is 11. I crossed his name out and put the guy I had at 10 originally. (laughs) It was Valdez at 10 originally, and I crossed him out and put somebody else. But now that Rodon is banged up, I'm going to bump him up and move Valdez to 10. So then at 9, I have Alec Manoa. Okay. Number 8, I have Shane Bieber. Okay. Number 7, I have Max Fried. Okay. Number 6, I have Max Scherzer. Okay. Number, was it five? Yeah, five. I have Aaron Nola. Okay. I have number four, Sandy Alcantara. Okay. Number three, Corbin Burns. Okay. Number two, Shohei Otani. And number one, the ageless one, Justin Verlander. Okay, we have the same number one. Okay. I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, I, I have Bieber at 10. Okay. I have Shane McClanahan at nine. Yeah, he was another one. I I was going back and forth I, on. I have Julio Arias at eight. Okay. I have Garrett Cole at seven. Okay. I have Shohei Otani at six. Jacob DeGrom at five. Max Scherzer at three. Sandy Alcantara at, uh, no, Max Scherzer at four, sorry. Sandy Alcantara at three. Corbin Burns at two, and Justin Verlander at one. See, I feel like our lists aren't that crazy. And it's funny because all the guys you said that one in mind were like almost in mind. So it's like I can't even like argue with you because it was so close to putting those guys in. And honestly, the guys who you didn't have, I left off the list because of injuries. McClanahan oh, was okay. banged up. The ground was banged up. And then at that point, like. 10 like 10 guys as starting pitcher i mean you're you're kind of <laughs> you're ar- like you're arguing over like just semantics at that point right right so um but that's just yeah i i, I really don't object to anybody really no yeah and and like you said the only guy i didn't like to put in my top 10 was garrett cole but i think he's gonna have another good year and again and i hate it because I don't like him. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, I kind of did mine based on what I think they're going to happen. And I think DeGrom's going to stay somewhat healthy this year. I think he's still going to get hurt. But I don't think he's going to miss as much time as he normally does. But the thing is, if he does get hurt, it, next year he's probably not going to make my top 10. Yeah. Just because. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do it again. But like, when he pitches, he's the be- probably a top one pitcher. It's just he never pitches. Yeah, talent-wise, and I think we had this discussion in in – our DMs at one time. Um, Cause it was, it, there was a tweet that was just like rank, like these four pitchers, like in their prime. And it was Verlander, Kershaw, Max Scherzer and DeGrom. And I think we had the same thing. I think we had Verlander, Kershaw, Scherzer and DeGrom. Like that's how we had yeah. it ranked. And it was just health for DeGrom, you know, like yeah. he had a it's shorter. Just, the worst prime. Thing about him. And then with Verlander, like Verlander, being the MVP kind of like uh, kind of allowed it to be okay for then Kershaw to be the MVP a couple years later. So he was like, you know, kind of 
like the stepping stone kind of almost for, for that. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. But yeah. Anyway, the isn't it crazy that the fact that we both had Justin Verlander, who's forty one years old, at number and one. I I didn't even hesitate. Like he, no. as soon as I made the list, he was yep. the first guy I put on the list. Like I just yep. knew it. And it, that's it's it's crazy. Like one and two, Corbin Burns being two, like the easiest one and two. Yep. And it's it's crazy thing that because Verlander is forty one, and I have no doubt about it that he's going to be a menace this year. Yeah, the uh, I almost put Burns at at two, but I was like, you know what, dude? I think I think Otani's just getting better, and we saw him in no, the yeah. second half of the year, and I was just like, whew, like he is. Like he is him, and it is insane yeah. to watch him every single time he takes that mound, and yep. like every time he takes the field. But like even when he takes the mound, you're like, he's gonna throw like a hundred and one, drop this crazy splitter, strike out the side, and then go hit a four hundred and fifty yeah. foot nuke. Right? And it's like yep. what the fuck? Like it's not. It shouldn't it's be allowed. In, it's insane. It's insane. Yep. And then like you know, Sandy Alcantara, I really the only I guy. Love him. The only guy I really objected to was um the guy from the Dodgers, uh, Julio. I know, uh, and it's, it's I only did that because I'm a big he fanboy. Yeah, and really, I only did that because like he just doesn't get deep into ball games. And right when I when I think of like starting pitchers, I need guys that 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 you know give you innings. And right, he he kind of does, but he kind of doesn't at the same time. <laughs> I agree. And mate, and the fact that like Alcantara is, like he's the type of guy that would get a complete game in a two to one loss. Like <laughs> I, I like it's very old school. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. extremely old oh, yeah. school. So and I think Aaron Nola, like the way he, actually the thing about Aaron Nola that that sold me. He, he and I want to double check this, because I forgot to put it in in a note by him, but I believe. Last year, he had the highest WAR of any of any uh, of all the starting pitchers last year. Oh, really? I had no idea about that. I want to. I want to. I want to say that was the truth. Um, and I feel like he's somebody that pe- people kind of like. Yeah. Uh, last year the WAR Aaron Nolan number one, uh, Rodon number two, which is why I had him seventh originally. Uh, Verlander three, Alcantara four, Kevin Gossman five. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, six Otani seven, Freed eight, Bieber nine, Burns ten, Framber Valdez. And I mean, there's so many good players on this list. Like we didn't talk about Dylan Cease, but again, we talk about Dylan Cease all the time. He gives you right. a bunch of strikeouts, but he doesn't really give you the the, the innings. Um, mm-hmm. Zach Allen was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And he just like barely missed my list. Um but yeah, just it's um yeah, starting pitching kind of <laughs> just pitching in general. It, it's tough to rank. So oh, 100%, yeah. Um yeah. did you did you think of like a young guy that you're excited about or no? I mean, um the only guy I, could, I mean there's a lot of young guys pitching wise that you can think of. Um I, I can't think of his name now. Oh, Rodriguez from uh, Baltimore. Oh, Grayson Rodriguez. Um, yeah. Yeah, Grayson Rodriguez. I mean, I, I feel like we've heard his name forever. I think we just need to see him at this point. Um, I can't wait to see him. 
because I think he's going to be a fucking stud for that team. Um, but yeah, Grace Rodriguez, I think, is a guy that I think we're all just excited to see at this point. All right, and relief pitching. This this is this is where it should be interesting because it's it's not just closers, it's just relief Everybody. pitching in general. So yeah, number ten, I have David Bendar. We'll go back and forth okay. on this one. Okay, at ten, I have Liam Hendricks. See, I would have put him, but I don't know how healthy he'll be. I I know. And I put him there re- just because. Yeah, and you know what? I should just put him at 10, too, and kick out Bender. But <laughs> now I feel bad. But, like, in, but like, I just don't know. You know what I mean? And no, I we're hoping, I like, everything's good. Like, like, cancer's a fucking bitch. And if he could, you know, get healthy... And make it back like he he deserves to be top ten on this list because he is he is one of the best. So yeah, um, so yeah, so I I agree with that. Number ten. So number nine, who you got? I have Andres Minos Minos Munoz from Munoz Seattle. from Munoz Seattle. From Seattle. Yeah, yeah dude, I have him number five. Yeah, see, I almost put him up there. Literally, the next I'm not kidding you. The next four guys are all super young, and I had them all interchangeable, and. The only reason I put him at nine is because he was he not the closer. Um, he wasn't the closer, but like, it sounds like it, like he is the guy in waiting. Okay, and wait. Okay, yeah, but kind, yeah, kind I mean, of what like Devin Williams was when they had J- Josh Hader, and now like okay. Devin Williams is going to be the closer for the Brewers. I think the interesting stat about him that I read about is that he throws his fastball over 100 miles per hour, like with ease. Mm-hmm. But he threw his slider slider over double the amount of his fastball. Yep. Which is insane when you think about it with how fast he throws. But yeah, I, I think Seattle's got a good one in him. Uh number nine. And this guy was banged up a little bit, but when he did pitch, he was electric. And that's Peter Fairbanks from Tampa Bay. Okay. Dude, every time Cleveland faced him, I don't think they got a hit off of him. And they faced him, like, five times last year. Of his, like, I don't know, 20 games pitched last year, because he, he was banged up coming back from Tommy John, they they couldn't fucking hit him. And I think as long as he stays healthy, he could be, like, the next elite, elite like, one of the next elite, elite closers uh, in baseball. See, the funny thing about him is I didn't put him in my top 10, and I could be wrong on this, and I'm going to ask you now about it because I thought you were going to have him. Is he the guy when he played Cleveland in the playoffs, he only lasted like three, like four pitches and got hurt? Um, I believe. And they took him out of the game? I believe. Yeah, I believe so. And I, I thought that was a scummy move, so that's why he didn't make my top 10. You know what? <laughs> I, I not, yeah, no, he I just remember wasn't, that. He wasn't feeling it, remember? Yep. Like, he couldn't throw a strike, and then he was like, oh, my hand, and they took him out of the game. Like, yeah. Yep. I lost a lot of respect for him at that point, and it's probably bad, and it's probably not a good reason why. But that's why I kept him in my top ten. <laughs> yeah, I and what's crazy is I don't. Yeah, I don't think Cleveland even. Yeah, I think they just walked a bunch <laughs> when he. Yeah, he walked like, like he, two guys, and then his hand hurt. Yeah, like he like they still haven't had a hit off of him all year. I'm pretty right. sure. Um, and he like struck. He struck out Jose like three times in big situations last year. And I was just yes. like, damn, like this guy. <laughs> and he wasn't like, oh, I'm going to throw like breaking loss. Like, no, he was throwing like a 99 in Jose's like wheelhouse. And right. And honestly, like that, that gave my respects. So, 
No, but I, feel I guess I guess he doesn't really deserve my respect because he did feel like kind of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so that was number nine. Uh, number eight. Who do you have? I have Johan Duran. Okay, I from Minnesota. I have him at number seven. Okay, so yeah, pretty close. I mean, I think he another electric fastball gets outs. I I hate that he's on Minnesota. I think he's gonna be really good. And yeah, I have eight. Uh, at number eight, I have Felix Batista from Baltimore. Okay, he did not make my so your ten, nine, and eight did not make my my list. Um, with Batista, again, big fastball, insane splitter. Again, kind of like Duran, but I have like Duran. That I mean, the fact that Duran throws a ninety-nine mile per hour fucking splitter—that is, that is insane. That is, that is insane. <laughs> and then he has like a hundred, three hundred, four mile per hour fastball. Like, please right. stop. Just. Just stop. And the fact that we have to deal with him in Cleveland, it's just Jesus Christ. Like if honestly, if if the twin if the twins didn't have Duran, they would be screwed. Because their bullpen yes. is garbage. But mm-hmm. the fact that they have him, it just <laughs> But here's here's another good thing if you're a Cleveland fan, uh Rocco Baldelli does not know how to manage a bullpen. So Oh, oh yeah. I mean, we'll still see. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Oh my god, what's his name? We ate him up. Relief pitcher. Yeah. Oh, um, Pagan. Yeah. Emilio Pagan. Pagan. Yeah. Yeah. We'll still see him somehow. Uh oh, hundred percent. One one million. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have Felix Batista at number eight and Duran at number seven. Again. Okay. So- same type of makeup. Both. Then the next young up and coming closers in in baseball, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so who do you have at uh, number what seven? Yep, seven. I have Ryan Hesley. Hesley. I have him at number four. At four, okay. I mean, he broke out. I mean, one point two five ERA, uh, sixty four innings pitch. I mean, the dude just does gets out, and he's electric when he does it. Uh, only gave up twenty eight hits in the season. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I. And the funny thing is, I think we've been t- we we were talking about um. 94 strikeouts, Jesus. But we were talking about uh for the longest time with St. Louis. They just released him. Um I can't think of his name, but the closer they had beforehand. Um, and then this guy comes out of nowhere and just dominates, and he's gonna be really good for a long time. Yeah, I have I have him <clears throat> I have him at number four, uh now that he's like a quote unquote closer, like taking taking the ball in the ninth inning, uh consistently uh consistently. Um and number six, I have Evan Phillips from the Dodgers. Yep, same. Same. All right. All right, cool. Whew, finally, something. <laughs> finally, something the same. Um again, just underrated. Again, yes. people kind of forget like people don't really pay attention to a lot of like relief pitchers, but man, he he was one of the best last year, without a doubt. And yep. um that's I don't I mean, go ahead. <laughs> About I mean Evan he's Phillips. just yeah, I mean, he was dynamite last year, and I think he's going to – I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked into it too much, but I think he's going to close this year. Um, But he might not still. But, I mean, his – I feel like everybody was one one four ERA. I mean, it's insane because we weren't talking about this kid forever. Like, nobody was talking about him, which is crazy because him and Hazley are the same age. And I feel like 63 innings pitched, 77 strikeouts. He only gave up eight runs the whole season. I mean, he 
He has nasty, nasty stuff. And I hate that the Dodgers continue to get these guys out of nowhere. Yep, a uh, an ERA of 1.14 last year. Um, you know, keeps the ball like over half, I think half, a little bit less than half of his uh, uh, ground ball percentage. So he keeps the ball um, down and, and, you know, stuff like that. Um, batting average ball in play from last year, uh, two twenty eight. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, K per nines, uh, eleven K uh, strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, walks per nine, uh, two point four. So he he doesn't really walk anybody. Um, yeah, and again, the fact that you could pitch in sixty four games last year, I get that. It's, it's just a plus. You like, you know what I mean. And right. again, no, it just shows how great the Dodgers is, or not the Dodgers is, but how great they are at developing um, pitching. Because he was with Baltimore in 2020, from 2019, no, 2018, 2019, 2020, and a little bit of 2021. And he was, he was not good. And then last year, he just came <laughs> out of nowhere. And, right. Um, it just, it's, it's insane what happens when you just change scenery. Okay, so at five, who do you have? I have a guy who he's probably high, too high, but I think he's ever bounced back year, and I've always liked him because he's always been consistent, and that's Ryan Presley. Okay. Um, um, yeah, he's not on my list. I know, and like he was I just think he's gonna have a bounce back year, and I think he's gonna get plenty of opportunities with that uh, Houston with the way Houston wins. And he's always been Mr. Consistent. He still only had a two nine eight ERA last year. Um and like I said, I, it wasn't great, but I think he's gonna bounce back and have a really good year. Okay, at number four, who do you have? I have another guy I think is going to bounce back, and that's Josh Hader. Yeah, I don't even have him on my list either. <laughs> yeah, dude, Hader, I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like he has to, it has to happen. And he's when he does, he's going to be dominant again. And that's my prediction for Hader. He just, he's too good of stuff not to be a dominant as he is. So he's four for me. Okay, number three. Devin Williams. Yes, I have Devin Williams. Okay. Okay. Not really much more to say. Like the guys, no, I mean, disgusting. yeah, I mean, his changeups the nastiest thing on the earth, and the fact that he's Who, actually able to, you know, take that closer's role and just kind of like, without a it, beat, yeah, without a beat. And but yeah. it's also like knowing that this is his opportunity and knowing like this is my opportunity to be the guy. Um, right. and you know, yes, replacing somebody who is really good for them, but also, you know, the fact that Josh Hader. Didn't pitch well his last little bit with um with the Brewers, and then he goes to the uh, the Padres and struggles, and then he but he was good in the playoffs. He was good in the playoffs, but you know we we will see. But yeah, Devin Williams, um, definitely excited to see him just kind of embrace that that closer role full time, um, for for the Brewers. Uh, number two, right, Edwin Diaz. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know that means number, number one. one. James, I'm just kidding. Emmanuel <laughs> Plaza. <laughs> All right, so we'll talk about Edwin Diaz right quick. I mean, there's the I best, the best, the best closer in the National League, without a doubt. Yes. Um, yes. if if we were ranking this, if uh his entrance music, it might be number one. He might be number one, oh, but we're not. It's yeah. based on play. Um, 
yeah, I mean, Edwin Diaz is is a stud, and yeah, I'm, there's I'm not much in- to say about him. Yeah, I'm I'm a little interested to see though, like he gets that big contract. Usually, when relievers get that big contract, that big free agent contract, they kind of, um, they kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, it like kind of decline a little bit. So we'll see. Um, also, like just the amount of innings on an arm, the amount of games on an right. arm. It's also kind of interesting. It's interesting to see. Um, but I, I think for this year, Edwin Diaz is going to continue to be, you know, the best closer in the, the National League. And then yeah, number one, I agree. Emmanuel Classe. Like, there's nothing more we could say. This this guy's bona fide stud. Number one, one on one. No one's better. Give him the ball in the ninth inning. You know what's going to happen. I agree. Hundred mile power cutter, slider off the charts. And he'll throw that sire all day now. And I now, love isn't that isn't that the best it. part? Isn't that the best? Yeah. <laughs> he came in with that fastball. No one thought he could hit. Sorry, could hit. He's like, oh, you guys want to hit my cutter? Okay, I'll throw you a slider. And they're like, what? And then no one could hit that. And mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, I got your slider matchup. Oh, you do? Let me throw you a hundred and two mile power cutter. It's like, oh, okay. Like, he's the best. And you can call us homers all you want. I don't care. I said he was the best last year, and you were he like, did. oh, really? And. I mean, you could say he finished second to Diaz, whatever, but he is finishing first this year. There's no, no one better in baseball. No, Class Classe was the best in baseball last year. Um, I only said I, – I'm pretty sure I had him, if I remember correctly, like top seven or whatever. But I was like, well, let's just see. Because the yeah. second half of 2021, he was the best reliever in baseball. And right. because he started throwing his slider more. And then I was just mm-hmm. like, well, let's let's wait and see. Let's see how he does <laughs> in, in 2022. And it was a little rocky to start. Like, he, he blew a weird – I mean, he blew a couple weird saves. But from May to the beginning of September, I mean, he was damn near perfect. I think I think, he, I think he went, like, over 25 save opportunities um, that that were converted. And it's not just that. Okay, and you can look at the record, and the record's weird because of stupid things like uh, the extra inning rule, which we'll rant about it being back, um, and I just hate it. But the fact that he's the best of the best closing-wise, number one. Right. But number two, he led the league in appearances last year. And I – and for – I think that's something – people don't didn't really realize it's like no this guy this guy went from like it it, can he even be an every like can he even be the closer because you need that guy every single night to being yes he can do that and he could take the ball on a third day to get to get you know in a tie game in the ninth inning to get you know the the three four five hitters up out right like yep. he is that guy that you could trust. He we in in the playoffs he was still electric. Like there was no from the middle of the season to the end of the season he was as good as like there was no drop off at all. There was a little hiccups um in in September like he blew that weird save against uh Kansas City I think, and then he was giving like he gave up a couple home runs I think against Texas and people were like. Man, I don't know. Like it's late in the year, and is he go- is he going to be as good as he is? And then in the playoffs, he was he was perfect. So, um, but yeah, Class A number one without a doubt. That's 
That's all I got to say about that. No, yeah. I, I mean, there's the, he's the best. Like I said it last year, I said this year, he's the best. And it's one of those things, too, where he signed his extension. Um, I think it was a five-year extension last year. I wouldn't be surprised, and I think there's a couple team options at the back end, but the way Cleveland, and especially Tito, just uses bullpen arms, like, it wouldn't surprise me by year five of that contract. It's like, like he he has a shorter um, lifespan, I guess. And I hate to say that, but it's just, it is what it is. It's just like, it's the way Tito uses his guys. It's yeah. sad, but that's what happens. Except um, Ryan Shaw, who just never seems to hurt his arm. Just a fucking rubber band. Yeah. <laughs> An arm. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, class A, the best. The absolute yeah. best. So. The best. Well, that was a that was, that very was long episode. Uh, yeah, hours. you said before we started, you said we won't go two and a half hours. We want to get close. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we went two hours, <laughs> like to a team. Love we started it. at we started at seven, um, and it is now nine oh one, nine oh two. Love it. Well, Gabe, you want to shout out your Twitter and whatnot? Yes, uh, you can follow me at Yana's Gabe thirteen Y N E Z G A B E one three, and you can follow the Lead Off Talk podcast at L E A D O F F. Okay. And you can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin No CLE. That's Caitlin K A T E L A N. No is K N O W S C L E. And before we, you know, I say take it easy and everything, um, what we're gonna do for our like big predictions is that we're gonna we're gonna like preview each division in individual episodes. So starting probably the end of you know, like where uh St. Patrick's Day is, we're gonna start you know, putting out um, the NL, so it'd be like the NL East, NL Central, uh, NL West, and it'll be like every other day for each division, and then uh, it'll be American League, East, West, and then we'll end with the Central, and then at the end of the Central episode, we'll kind of preview the World Series and all that stuff, and then and then we should be good to have one more episode um, to preview the Cleveland Guardians as a whole before the start of uh, the regular season at the end of the month. So it'll be a busy. Lots and lots of content. Lots of episodes. But instead yeah. of having like a three hour episode um previewing the entire major league baseball slate, we're gonna do each um each division as its own thing. So and I think, you know, if you want to just listen to one or, you know, whatever, it it'll be just it'll be a more like precise thing. So Right, and the way we talk is just easier too. Yeah, one hundred percent, one million. <laughs> so, after two hours of listening to us ramble about our top seven at each position, um, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, and Derek, we love you. Yes, and as always, friends, <laughs> take it easy. <laughs>